Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and if you recognize the theme song, and I pray that you do, it means you've been to our website before, and you are ready right now to gather with us around the Word of God. We had a, a message brought to us from a, a dear lady in New York City who said she puts on her earphones uh, and listens through her cell phone uh, to the Let's Talk About Jesus broadcast several years ago while she's preparing supper. Well, I don't know what you're doing right now, but I pray that you are preparing your heart to be a good ground heart. Because if this holy seed of the Word of God falls into a good ground heart, it will bring forth fruit, 30, 60, and 100 fold. God wants to accomplish something today in your heart, in mine, in your life, and in mine. And He does it through sending His Word. Praise God. You know, we claimed years ago the Scripture, He sent His Word in the book of Psalms and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. We believe that God is sending His Word to you today. Amen. For your instruction and to keep you from destruction. Glory to God. If you don't know Jesus today, please stay with us because we have a message that I believe will not just intrigue you to listen to it, but it will instruct you how to be ready for the coming of the Lord and how to escape the wrath to come. Those are two important things today, and that's why our message today is on the subject, what is next on the prophetic calendar? What is next on the prophetic calendar? You know, we just turned over the calendar, didn't we, to a brand new month. And the moment we did, we look at the, 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 the days of this month that we are in. And if there's any kind of, of special day that needs to be marked, it is marked on a good calendar. Some of them are just, you know, garbage days canceled because of a holiday. And, and you better get it out this day because they're not coming on that day. And that's kind of a trivial thing. But there are more important things where the bank will close because of a national holiday. If you're going to do your banking, you better do it before that particular day. And we need to mark those important days. And prophetically, we need to mark the prophetic calendar so that we know where we are. Amen. Now, there's been a lot of predictions that didn't come to pass, and people have become discouraged in those predictions. We're not here to make a prediction. We're here to tell you what the Scriptures say about two great events that need to be marked on the prophetic calendar. I believe in our generation, a page has been turned over. A page has been turned over over. And I believe we are in not only the last days, uh, biblically and prophetically, but I believe that we are in the last 
of the last days. There were things that Jesus said about wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places uh, that that and and distress of nations with perplexity and false prophets going out into the earth. And he said of them, but the end is not yet. There are other things that he said when you see these things begin to come to pass. Lift up your head. Your redemption draweth nigh. So there's two great events we need to mark on the prophetic calendar. And I believe that we're in that stage and that time and that season. Amen. And they are the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And the soon coming, therefore, of the day of the Lord. And I believe these are two neglected but crucial messages that need to be preached and taught now more than in any other generation. The soon coming of Jesus, the rapture of the church. Not the second coming, but the secret coming. Amen. The second coming, every eye is going to see Him. And the whole world will mourn because of Him. The secret coming is as a thief in the night. Amen. At midnight, there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet Him. It wasn't pre-announced. Amen. But the bride knew it was coming, and she was ready. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen carefully. The two neglected but crucial messages that need to be preached in our generation more than in any generation. The soon coming of Jesus, the rapture, the catching away, and the day of the Lord, the tribulation, the coming of the wrath of God. So let's begin reading today about these two prophetic events. Number one, let's read in Malachi Chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Let's just read verse 1. There's a lot in it, and I want to calm down and slow down long enough to teach on it. It's going to be hard because I'm excited about the soon coming of Jesus, and I'm excited to escape the wrath to come. How about you today? Because it's coming. Listen carefully. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 1. For behold... Now, when he says, behold, when God says, behold, it's something we need to highlight. It's something we need to put a check mark by. It's something we need to zone in on, if you please. Something we need to see and recognize clearly. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble. Now, as I'm reading this, if you don't know Christ as your Savior and you think that there's any joy in the fact that, oh boy, we're going to be saved, but you're going to get it, I want you to know how wrong you are. And I want you to know God's attitude toward the wicked that He says in His holiness He's obligated to judge. Listen, He loves you. He doesn't want you lost. That's why he sent Jesus. Amen. It's not his will, the scriptures declare, that any, that not one person experiences wrath. Even though it's coming, it has to come. He has, he, listen, 
how, how in the world could God save anyone? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wrath of God is, is justifiable anger is upon us. Everyone who believes not. You know why? You know how he can do it? Because he let all of their punishment, all of his justifiable wrath and judgment fall on Jesus so that he could pay the price. He could pay the penalty. He could serve our time. He could, he could, he could take the, he could go to the electric chair, if you please. He could take the, the injection, amen, of death that we might not and we might be saved and we might live forever and we may never experience the wrath that is surely coming. Oh, friend of mine, God loves you today so much that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have eternal life. So as I, I read what is coming, this day of the Lord that is soon coming, I want you to know that God loves you. It's not His desire that you experience this. He wants you to come to Christ. He wants to save you. He wants to pardon you. If you repent of your sin and confess your sin and receive Christ as your Savior, He wants to seal you with the Holy Spirit, mark you as His very own. Hallelujah. And that's going to matter in the very, very near future. It's going to be the ultimate paramount paramount thing. Amen. Listen to what this scripture is saying. Number one, it's saying the day is coming. And these folks that he was writing to in that day were discouraged by the apparent prosperity of the wicked. Does that ring a bell? And the seemingly uselessness of serving the Lord. God's people needed to be reminded that the day is coming when all of this inequity is, is going to be balanced out. You see, friend, we are impatient. We're living in time and God still has eternity to right all wrongs and reward all good. I read uh, something quite striking to me today in the news this very week that one of the, the guards in one of the death camps of the Nazis during World War II has just been brought to have to stand trial at 100 years old. It's been all of that time has passed, and yet a day of reckoning has arrived when he's been discovered and brought to stand trial and brought to have to face the judgment at 100 years old. You see, friend, sooner or later, wrongs are going to be righted. The wicked are going to be judged, and the righteous are going to be rewarded. But right now, there's an imbalance. Right now, we see an inequity. But listen to his encouragement to them. Although seemingly the wicked are prospering and the righteous are being persecuted, Listen, he said, a day is coming. A day is coming. And it'll be burning like an oven. God promised a fire for his people. And here he promised a fire for the wicked. But there's a big difference between the refining fire 
applied to God's people through these very testings and through these very persecutions and, and also the fire that marks His presence abiding within us. Hallelujah. That, that baptism of the Holy Ghost with fire, the Shekinah, the glory, the fire that was on that burning bush, hallelujah, that caused a man to have to take off his shoes because it meant you're on holy ground. The presence of God is being manifest and the attending glory to that presence is being manifest. Remember when they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and there was cloven tongues of fire dancing upon their heads? You know, in some artist's perceptions and conceptions of this, it, it looks like someone flicked a bick. If you don't know what a bick is, it's one of those little cigarette lighters that, that are little cylindrical things, not like the old timey lighters, you know, that you flip up the top and you, they still have them, I guess. But it's these little, look like a candle flame. This was way more than a candle flame. No, this was, this was that fire that was on that burning bush that didn't burn up the bush and <laughs> that caused a man Moses to say, I'm going to stop and see this thing. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And God to say, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Glory be to God. Friend of mine, I want you to know that God's, God's fire refines and God's fire marks those that are His because He's able to indwell them by the Holy Spirit with that attending glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the fire that we actually desire to, to purge us, one is to purge and the other is to punish. We go to the one that purges us. Praise God. Listen to number three. All who do wickedly shall be as stubble, the scripture says. The wicked will not be able to stand against God's judgment. All of this bravado and strident language against God. You know, he heaven, heaven don't want, heaven, heaven don't want me and hell is afraid I'll take over. You know, no, all of that stuff, all of that is not, not going to be able to cause the wicked to escape the judgment to come. Stubble's the unusable part of the grain, the husk, and last only moments if it's thrown into a fire. It just flares up and it's completely obliterated. And listen to what the result of that judgment will be. It will leave them, number four, neither root nor branch. In that coming day, the wicked will have no hope of shooting up again into life. Friend of mine, that's such a dangerous way to live your life. Right now, there's hope for you. You know why? Because you've got breath. You've got your mind and ability to choose and to make a decision. You know, God says this while I'm reading this once again. I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I have no pleasure. It gives him no pleasure in his obligation as a holy God to bring justice Amen. The wrath of God means His justifiable anger. Amen. That, that's why the gospel is such good news. Even though God is obligated to judge sin in His creation, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, how can any of us, therefore, be saved? 
Hallelujah. Because on the cross, amen, God judged your sin and mine in Jesus Christ. So if we repent of our sin and receive Christ as our Savior, amen, we can be pardoned. Not because we have any merit or, or somehow or another we've done enough good works to deserve, uh, this. Or we've been, you know, the balance has tipped to the more good than bad. Therefore, we're worthy of heaven. No, it's all because He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and God hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. There's a way to be saved today. There's a way to be forgiven today. There's a way to be pardoned today. And there's a way to be sealed by the Holy Spirit, marked, branded as belonging to God. Hallelujah. And it's going to make a difference. I believe in the very near future. Listen. For the wicked, it will neither leave them root nor branch. Listen to how this is mentioned in Amos 2 in verse 9 in ancient Israel. It's an illustration of the absolute destruction, the obliteration of the wicked. He says, Yet I destroyed, yet destroyed I the Amorite before them whose height was like the height of the cedars. Listen, this is man in his pride, man in his arrogance, man in, in, in his, in his hardened heart. And he was strong as the oaks. He was, he was, his height was like the height of the cedars, and he was strong as the oaks. Yet I destroyed his fruit from above, and his roots from beneath. Listen, they, they, they saw Jesus curse the fig tree. And 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 they they didn't understand because he cursed it and there it was. Time was going to pass when they saw the manifestation of that judgment on the fig tree that was unfruitful because he didn't curse it from the top to the bottom. He cursed the top because he knew what would happen to the top when he cursed the bottom. Amen. When he cursed the root He knew the top is going to die, but time is going to pass before it dies. The wrath of God is still upon the wicked, but we're not seeing yet the manifestation of His judgment, and many of the wicked believe it's never going to come, therefore. But it's already cursed at the root. John the Baptist said, Now the axe is laid to the root. If the axe is laid to the root, we may not see the change immediately. We wonder why God allows the wicked to prosper, allows them to stand in their arrogance and their rebellion against God and allows them to persecute His chosen ones. There's an inequity here, but the curse is already at the root and the seal of God is already placed on the righteous. And I mean righteous because of the gift of righteousness, and I mean righteous because we have a new bent and a new heart to do right instead of do wrong. Hallelujah. Listen, listen to Malachi three thirteen through 18. It says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. You say, What have we spoken so much against thee? And he answered and he said in verse 14, You have said it's vain to serve God. 
what profit is it that we've kept his ordinance and that we've walked mournfully before the Lord? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, even they that work wickedness are set up. You see that? Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake often to one another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And this is what they were thinking and saying. How can this be? Well, we're doing the right thing and we're being persecuted. Listen, let me tell you something about being persecuted. (laughs) It marks you as belonging to Him. It marks me as belonging to Him. Amen. He said, Marvel not if the world hate you. It hated me before it hated you. Listen, it should be a badge of authenticity to the Christian. He said, When they cast your name out as evil and speak all manner of evil things against you for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. This is no day to be intimidated by the world. This is no day no day to be weakened by persecution, but be strengthened by it. Literally to be purged from everything and everyone that we're looking to other than Christ. Amen. The world is not your friend today, but Jesus is a friend that'll stick closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen in this listening audience today? Amen. A book of remembrance was written. Before them that feared the Lord, that thought upon His name. And listen to what He said. And they shall be mine, in verse 17, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son. What is He sparing us from? We know where He's taken us to. But what is He sparing us from? He's sparing us from the wrath of God. The day of the Lord. We're not appointed to wrath, you see, according to the New Testament, but to obtain salvation. Praise God. Amen. Oh, dear friend of mine. Let, let me read you something else before we're, we're moving toward the, this first phase. We're not done with this message. We're not going to get done with this message through this one-time teaching today. Amen. But let's, let's go to a warning here in Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. Amen. And it's talking about signs of the times and the parable of the fig tree. And, and, and listen to what it says. Verse 34 says, And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. Listen, surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, so that that day cometh upon you unawares. For as a snare it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's going to happen very, very quickly. Watch ye therefore, and pray, in verse 36, always that you might be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. You see, there's a judgment upon the wicked. 
And there is the Bema, as it's called. There's the judgment seat of Christ where our soul is not in jeopardy one way or the other, but where we're rewarded or ashamed of, 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 of how we have lived out our faith here upon the earth. And friend of mine, I want you to know that we're going to stand before God, but we're going to stand as those that belong to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I want to hear him say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Not because I have been perfect in any sense of the word, but because I have been perfectly committed to, to, uh, to seek to obey Him in my life and to follow Him throughout my life. Praise God. Amen. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and to stand that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Look with me in the book of Revelation to the message to the church of Philadelphia. Amen. In Revelation 3, beginning with verse 7, listen to what he says in verse 10 to them. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. This means trial and test. This is tribulation here. Listen, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. This is a time to stand true, to hold fast. Praise God. This is not the time to waver or be vacillating in our faith. This is a time to hold our ground, to stand fast, hallelujah, and hold on to what we've got, amen, in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Make no mistake about it, that day is coming. That day when Jesus comes to take up his jewels, the rapture of the church is coming. And I believe with all of my heart, biblically and prophetically, accurately speaking, that day is soon to come. Hallelujah. And so is the day of the Lord. Listen to Isaiah 13 and 9. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners therefore, or thereof out of it. And listen to Joel 2 and verse 1. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, and it's nigh at hand. You know, the Bible said of, of the prophets of old, lift up thy voice like a trumpet. God wants there to be a strong, clear, clarion call to be ye also ready. For in an hour ye think not the Son of Man cometh. And God wants a strong, clarion call to be sent to the world. The day of the Lord is coming. But you don't have to experience wrath to come. You can right now experience the grace of God. 
You can repent of your sin. You can quit running from God. You can run to God. You can be pardoned. You can be saved. You can be sealed with the Holy Spirit. So when He takes up His jewels, He takes you up. He takes me up. He takes all them up. Hallelujah. That have come to Christ by faith, repenting of their sin, and have been born from above. Praise God. Hallelujah. Robert G. Lee won many, many souls to Christ. And his evangelistic sermon took the same theme. Payday. Someday. In all he preached, payday. Someday. One thousand two hundred and seventy-five times in churches and tent revivals at home and abroad, in baseball parks and football stadiums, before legislators and celebrities. Thousands of persons have professed faith in Christ after hearing the message, Payday Someday. You know something, it's no accident that I'm preaching the same message today that he preached then. When the things he was preaching about then are even closer now than then. And we're expecting through the mighty person and power of the Holy Spirit and all of the power invested in the holy seed of the scripture that many are going to come to Christ in our day. Billy Graham's in heaven and Billy, Billy Graham's son was asked, Franklin, who is going to receive the mantle of Billy Graham? I love his answer. If I'm, if I'm recalling it right, he's saying, I don't believe a person speaking of himself or anyone else is going to receive that evangelistic anointing to reach so many as my dad did. But I believe the anointing is going to come upon the true church and all Christians that make up that true church are going to be become so anointed of God to be a witness unto Christ to our generation. I like that. It means through a mighty revival in the church, in the hearts of every born-again child of God, God is going to raise up holy evangelists in the sense of our testimony. Hallelujah. Wherever we go, the gospel's going to go. Wherever we go with the testimony, the seed is going to grow. Praise God. And there are going to be preachers raised up with mighty Holy Ghost anointings, but it's not going to be just them. It's going to be all of us together with the Holy Spirit, the mighty Lord of the harvest. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not done with this teaching. I pray you'll come back next week so that we can continue to talk about what's next on the prophetic calendar. And I pray you will become excited in your soul about the coming of the Lord. And I pray that you will tremble at the thought of the tribulation coming, sudden destruction as it's called, through a seven-year period that will bring the very end of all of these things to a climax. Oh, friend, if you don't know Christ today, if you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know Him as your Lord and your Savior, I pray that you will come to Him today. I pray that you will not run from Him. 
because you can't run from the judgment to come. But you can run to Jesus. If you repent of your sin, receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, your Sovereign and your Savior. He will forgive your sin. God will pardon you. God will then mark you as His own. He will seal you with the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. Hallelujah. And you will escape the wrath to come. Run to Jesus. I beseech you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't ignore the signs of the times. Christian, to you today, don't ignore the signs of the time. Be ye also ready. Whatever you need to do, whatever you need to lay down, whatever you need to pick up, whatever changes and adjustments you need to make in your life in light of the soon coming of Jesus in the day of the Lord, now is the time. This is the day of preparedness and readiness. Hallelujah. So that when He comes, we will be ready. And we will be also ready to escape the wrath of God. Come back next week and let's continue to talk about Jesus. Jesus.